Hey everyone, and welcome to the Uncorked Corner podcast. We are here today with our friends Dylan and Katrina from Wormtown Brewery up in uh, Massachusetts, and we wanted to welcome you guys. Have you start by introducing yourself, giving us a bit of background about what you do at the brewery and what your roles are. Awesome. Well, I am the director of marketing, so I oversee all of that wonderful marketing jazz uh, from our designs, our brands, our social, our events, our advertising, any of that stuff. Uh, that's pretty much it. Hi, I'm Dylan. I am the shipping and logistics coordinator. Uh, so I work with the sales team and our other departments and wholesaler partners to make sure uh, that their inventory needs are met and uh, that they have the beer that they need for the most part. <laughs> when we can. Yeah. So to talk about that a little bit more, that's a, so that's a position I've actually wanted to talk to for a while because I'm always curious about the conversation that happens between the distributors and the big brewers like yourselves, you guys obviously put out a lot of beer um, on what hits the shelves and what you guys are producing. How much of a conversation is that before mm -hmm. the beer is made and how much of that's after the fact or just what you guys decide to put out? Uh, definitely an ongoing uh, chit chat and relationship on, uh, you know, so we can both make sure our needs are met uh, with a certain brand. Um, so a lot of back and forth uh, for sure. And you are based out of Worcester. So is that where you started? And can you give us some background on how the brewery actually got kicked off originally? So actually Dylan has worked for us for a lot longer back in our old stomping grounds at our original brewery, which was uh, what, less than a thousand square feet back on Park Ave in Worcester. We started really small, uh, actually attached to a restaurant, Peppercorns. And obviously needed a lot more space. So we started building our new place in on Shrewsbury Street. And it's funny, I was just writing an article today about how we, we thought it was huge and then quickly learned that we were running out of space again. So we have slowly but surely just taken over more and more and more and more space, you know, as we just continue to grow, which is amazing because, you know, it's not every brewery gets as much success as we do, which we're really, you know, just awesome. <laughs> But I mean, it's been, it's been, you know, something that's been really slow and steady runs the race instead of just, you know, running before we could walk. And Dylan can tell you all that stuff too. He's done a multiple of jobs here as well as myself, you know, making sure that, you know, we can tackle as much as we can. And now we just opened up another tap room in the same building, which is just amazing to have such a great space to showcase and share with our consumers right now which you guys got to see the other day. So you mentioned you both uh, did some other stuff there before. How did you get started with Wormtown and how'd you progress to kind of where you're at now? Myself? Both of you, but we could start with you. Uh, I got hired in 2016 as to oversee the sales department. So actually Dylan used to work with me back in the day. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, but I was also, you know, we were a small company. So they asked me about doing some marketing responsibilities, which is honestly more of my background. So I think I started adopting a more, more and more and more stuff that we weren't really tackling as a brewery at the time. And then, you know, the more vast we grew, the more the responsibilities were just, you know, too hard for one person to manage. So it was kind of discussed like, you know, what interests me more. And honestly, our marketing department, it didn't exist. 
So I thought it would be an awesome thing to try and like to start building that and, you know, really focusing on our branding and, you know, our voice and that loudspeaker for the brewery to really get our, you know, who we are out there. So I left Dylan, I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I was a uh, busboy at Peppercorns, which was the restaurant we were attached to on Park Ave uh, when I was a high school student. And, uh, you know, the rest is history. I uh, went to Springfield College and then I graduated and uh, continued to work for the company after graduation. And uh, yeah, like Katrina said, I've had a couple different jobs here in packaging and uh, self-distribution that we used to have. And so, yeah, it's kind of my story. He's a driver. <laughs> Deliver them. Sorry, right. guys. We, we, uh, we, we have loved the tap room. That's what I was going to say. They have, you guys have an awesome space that the wall in there and just the way it's set up is so cool. Uh, I feel like every time Nick and I go to visit a new brewery, it's just, they're also different. Um, and I think yours was, it was definitely unique in the way it's laid out and all the colors and everything. And it was, it was really awesome. And I think your, your beers definitely reflect that. I know we have some here with us. Um, but before we go into tasting those, the one that I was the most familiar with before, really kind of exploring what you guys were all about was Bee Hoppy. And I think that's one that a lot of people are familiar with. Is that one of your more popular and other other staples that you have that are, you know, those beers that got you kicked off that people are the most aware of? Well, I think definitely Bee Hoppy became a beast of its own without even, you know, that thought for us. Like we didn't even really, you know, intentionally make that to be our flagship. And then it just, it, became that on its own it's it's a beast it's a great beer it's one of my favorites I mean we've had definitely staples that people like search for like Buddha juice and norm and you know they're always asking when they're coming out because you know it's just one of those things like I remember when we when I started working for Wormtown and we released Buddha juice and it was gone like that I was like you know so that's always been awesome. And even when I started with Wormtown, I was told I didn't have anything to sell, like including Be Hoppy. Like we were just trying to maintain for the demand and it was crazy. And it's also really one of those amazing things that in a world of ADD and people always wanting to try the new thing that we are still trying to keep up with the demand for this. Because I also think that people really know it, they trust it, they love it. And it's drank just as much now as it was, you know, five, 10 years ago. There is something to say for that. Whenever you go to a restaurant, there's sometimes kind of imposing lists of what's on tap. You can't just have it to get, but seeing one that's kind of an old faithful that you definitely have, like I see Bee Hoppy on all kinds of menus all around. So uh, having something that people are familiar with and something that has that sort of name recognition definitely helps, I guess, solidify that. Mm -hmm. It's awesome to have like a consistent quality beer. So, mm -hmm. so we can kick off the tasting if you guys want to start. Now that we're talking about it, we'll start with the Bee Hoppy. We'll try it out. I just cracked it open a couple minutes ago. Um, so I'm about to take my first sip and then uh, we'll start with this. We'll talk about it and then we'll get into some of the other ones that we have. I know we have a few here to taste uh, of some different styles. So we'll get a good sampling of everything you guys have to offer right now. All right. My Hoppy's uh, already done, so. Who wants to kick off the tasting? We'll get Bianca's thoughts first. Mm. <laughs> well, I've had this one before. Um, it's definitely it's it's definitely a great beer. Um, always something that I would be up to order if I saw it on the menu. 
Um, I think it has a really interesting flavor. It it's really smooth and refreshing. I don't think it's too heavy, but it definitely has like that slight aftertaste that um, gives it its unique quality. Uh, I'm not as, I don't really know what those flavors are. I'm not as good at identifying those, but um, it's just, I think it's overall just like one of my, definitely one of my favorites. I'm very much with Bianca on the, uh, not knowing as much of the flavor notes. We've done this before. I'm a, I'm a beer drinker and a whiskey drinker and I, can say it's good i can say it's bad you know certain things but i'm not great at pulling out all the flavors but when it comes to like a traditional pale like ipa like this uh this is very drinkable one thing that i will say is for people that aren't as friendly on the hops something like crazy hops like you can taste them in this uh definitely and that's something that a lot of people like when i first started getting into craft beer i could whenever something was a little bit hoppy I would always have this taste in my mouth that was almost like nickels. And if your mouth sort of isn't trained to that, then I'd say you'll probably taste that in this. And it, it's be hoppy. So I would expect that. I would expect it to be hoppy, but it's definitely a hop forward IPA. Yeah, definitely balanced. Definitely balanced. Well, I think what's crazy is that when it first came out, it was a really aggressive IPA. You know, I don't think people could handle it. And now, you know, the more people got into IPAs, this is now considered a really easy drinking, well-balanced IPA. So it's crazy the way like people's palates and, you know, taste profiles have changed. Um, so this is, this was actually when big, when uh, West Coast style IPAs were really hitting the market and becoming a huge thing. And now it's, you know, everyone wants a New England IPA. So it all depends on what you really want because the New England IPAs are going to be softer and, you know, more juice forward and, you know, not as aggressive with the hop profile. But, you know, for those are my styles. I don't really enjoy the New England IPAs. So this really like it just, you know, hits the mark for me. You know, it has more citrus, pine, bitterness. You know, you get a little bit of the malt, but then you really get like that nice hop bite to it at the same time. So I don't know, after a nice long day at work of drinking bee hoppies, I come home and want to have a bee hoppy. <laughs> <laughs> Another thing I like to point out about is that, um, and I think this is true for some of the, a lot of the West Coast IPA like styles that I've had as well, where it is a almost a thicker, like more, it coats your mouth a little bit more than some of the crisper this New England IPAs that I've had. Yeah. Dylan, what about you? Yeah, it's, you're right. It definitely lingers. Has great mouthfeel. So I wouldn't, um, I wouldn't feel bad about this about you guys either because so our lab guy Demos has uh, Friday beer tastings, which are not good, like because they're old beer that's been sitting out warm, or you have no idea how old they are. You kind of have to kind of guess. Bad beer Friday. <laughs> yep, bad beer Friday, like at 10 a.m. You know, you just get a nice buzz but you have to talk about it. You have to talk about what you're tasting, those profiles, the smells and half, like, I think in the beginning of my time, I'm like, you know, it's like, it's really hard to describe all that stuff, you know, like exactly what it is. And I studied wine for a little while too. And I was like, how come wine never smells like grapes? It never tastes like grapes. <laughs> you know, so and to like pull out all that unique flavor profiles, it's definitely a skill set that you have to develop. So <laughs> yeah, and I think it also comes with experience of trying a lot of different things. And, you know, there's a I always find it funny whenever I read, you know, descriptions of beers and everyone's like you know use strong hints of grapefruit peel 
on the taste like who's eating grapefruit peels like where are you getting this uh background for i just some of the flavors and things that people pull out i just don't know how i might be tasting that and i just don't know because i've never tasted it before. well nick too it's like if someone hands you a beer and they say oh are you getting such and such from this you're gonna say yes because right. it's in your head you're thinking you're looking for it i think the worst is when it's like horse blanket I'm like oh i get go horse blanket from this i'm like ew <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah everyone yeah. has a different palate so an event guy that I always call the Ryan the Pith. He's like, oh, you get a lot of like grapefruit pith and this and that. I'm like, stop saying that. Super dank. Yeah. Or yeah, our head brewer always wants to say dank berries. I'm like, what the hell is a dank berry? <laughs> I can't put this on a can label. I don't know. Yeah. Now we're just making stuff up. <laughs> yeah, at 6.5, it really is smooth and uh, balanced. And that was the first thing that I got. Like, I, I, what I was pointing out when I said it's definitely hop forward for people that aren't into that is whenever I have a beer, I always go to my girlfriend who doesn't drink beer and say, I think you'll like this. Try this. And almost always she's like, oh, my God, what is that? I can't stand that. But yeah. when like for someone that does, you know, drink a lot more of these, uh, when I first sipped, I was like, wow, super smooth. But yeah. it, so I definitely get that. Um, but for someone that's looking for kind of an intro IPA, I, I would steer more towards something else. <laughs> yeah, IPAs are so so different now. There's yeah. so many different kinds. And they're, yeah, they're, they're all over the place. There's so, so many different, different kinds, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, the styles are getting crazy. Now we have uh, lactose ice cream inspired IPAs and sour IPAs. I'm like, what's a sour IPA? Why aren't we just going to get back to beer? Yeah. How many beers do you have out right now? And usually, like, do you have a normal number that you have out or is it just always changing? I'll let Dylan talk about the, uh, so we have a difference between core brands, like what's being distributed out there to the market and then also what we're doing in our tap room. So Dylan, do you want to yeah. take Yeah, so in the market, you can find Be Hoppy, Don't Worry, and Masshole on a consistent basis. Um, and then like Katrina said, we have like, lines you can call them we have our seasonal and our underground series so our you know seasonals being like summer stuff like that which we're going to taste later um and we don't have an underground tasting today but right now you might find hopulence on the shelf at your liquor stores Um, and then of course now with patriot place we have a seven barrel brewing system there so we get to take advantage of that and brew whatever we want almost and uh let our brewers run wild uh, let any employee run wild and make a beer over there. Um, Dylan, so, where's your beer, by the way? Where's my what? Didn't you guys, weren't you making a beer, IPAs for closers? Yeah, that got scratched, but I am in a couple weeks brewing a, uh, they put dairy in everything. It's oh. going to be a uh, lactose-free pastry stout. <laughs> so pastry stouts are usually have a lot of lactose in them. So our goal is to make a pastry stout with no lactose since i am lactose tolerant i made that label specifically for dylan <laughs> it may feature cow udders uh yeah um so yeah we definitely have a good amount of core brands that we always have rotating and then we, we were getting a little crazy on the experimental ones like so much so that even our tap rooms didn't have enough lines to like tap them all so i know we were starting to pare them down a bit and i'm sure dylan with all the conversations he has with our distributors i know that they're looking for some of that stuff too that we don't even let out of our tap room 
to just, yeah. you know, let our consumers come in there, experience, you know, our tap rooms or draft lines there and just have a unique experience and then, you know, get some different things out at restaurants and liquor stores. The brewery experience is completely different than just getting cans to take home. It's always nice to just go there, sit and get something fresh off the taps. Mm-hmm. A question that I have on um, where people can get this stuff. So like be hoppy, don't worry your flagships. Uh, are those New England only, like mainly in the New England states? Or you guys distribute all over the country? Dylan? So we distribute to Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, and New Hampshire, and Vermont. Um, so the further you go travel from our brewery, the less brands you might see, uh, but you'll definitely see Be Hoppy and Don't Worry in any of those uh, territories. When are you coming up to Maine? You know, if you want us to, Nick, if you, if you, <laughs> I want you to, <laughs> and we'll be there. <laughs> we were just looking for one more person to say the word. So we're good. I'm here I'm waiting. <laughs> I'm up in Portland. Get beer up here. Come on. We're always working on getting more booze up to Maine. <laughs> Nick oh. has a lot of complaints. <laughs> there's no breweries up there. Yeah, no, there's no breweries there, there's right? not enough. <laughs> yeah, Never enough. There's like none. Yeah. Well, I think that's part of the strategy too. You know, a lot of people want to support local and drink local. So I think, you know, you got to time it just right, you know, where to have some interest and, you know, make sure that, you know, your brands are going to be, you know, supported and, you know, purchased up there as well. Right. Definitely always part of that game. And I think, you know, for us, especially when I started with Wormtown, you know, we didn't ever want to leave Massachusetts because we could never fill the demand. But it was uh, probably like a couple of years after we got to take over another, how many square feet was it, Dylan, to expand our production? 15 or something, 1,500 or so? Yeah, I think we were like 8,000 square feet and we went up to like 23, 24,000 in the space that we're at now. So that, uh, that actually was so great in allowing us to spread, you know, our footprint and spread our wonderful beers to more of the New England states. So to circle back yeah. on um, a little bit earlier, you made a comment about not IPAs, more of a traditional beer. So I think uh, that's a good kind of segue into the next beer we can open up. So we have a spell check here, Euro Pills. And I think uh, Pilsner is a pretty widely, <laughs> it's a pretty widely known beer and something that a lot of people are familiar with and something that someone that maybe might be afraid to get into craft beers might be lean more to picking this off a, uh, a tap menu or off of a shelf at a liquor store. So uh, let's try this one out next. That's smooth. Yeah. That's very good. Definitely a uh, brewery employee favorite right now. My uh, fiance asked me if I had stock in this beer because I keep stocking our fridge. <laughs> <laughs> Same thing, same thing. It's delicious. So mm-hmm. to start it off, so to kind of get into a little bit more of the tasting notes, this is a style that I think I can pull some about. And a big one that I'm tasting is just bread. <laughs> That's it. It's very bready, very malty, um, and super smooth. Yeah. You know, I actually, this is probably one that I am struggling to get flavor profiles on. So we just flip-flopped. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I just love it. I don't know. Like I've completely changed my uh, palate. Like I used to be obsessed with New England IPAs and I think it's crazy that I don't want them anymore. Like 
you know, my fiance probably had like a bunch of treehouse and stuff in the fridge. And we used to joke about like fighting about them. And I don't want them. You know, I, I know I told you guys I had to do this early because I recently gave birth, but even when I was pregnant, I just craved like light, crisp bloggers or fizzy yellow water or whatever you want to call it or make a joke about it, you know? So this is something that, but this is actually, the thing about these beers is that I don't think people appreciate and is that they're really hard to make. And if you screw them up, then they're really transparent because they are so clean. You know, there's not a lot of stuff hiding them up. So I always say like, you can find your skills and your pills, you know, and this one in particular was a joke made on my graphic designer because he always spells everything wrong. Shut up, man. Yeah, I even joked with him. I'm like, you even spelled, you misspelled this wrong because it should have had a Z in it (laughs) or Czech Republic. But yeah, Nick, definitely uh, what you said earlier, it's just, it's a light, easy drinking beer. If you're not super into craft beer, it's something that you can give to anyone. Um, Like I can definitely give this beer to my dad and, you know, it's totally crush it, Uh, especially with the warm weather coming up. It's just nice to have a light, easy drinking beer, Um, but it, it still has a lot of flavor notes that you can pull out of it. And I find myself, as you were saying, Katrina, earlier, looking for a lot more of these more recently when stocking my beer fridge. Uh, funny you mentioned having a bunch of trios in the fridge. Bianca, when she came out to you guys, also swung around there and picked some up for me to yeah. bring it up here to Maine. So I have some of that too, but I've lately been really focusing on trying to find more beers that I don't mind having, you know, on a normal weeknight. I don't always want to have a double IPA because mm-hmm. when you drink that, it's just, it's heavy. It sits in you, you know, you feel it. Um, so it's something light and crisp that you can just crush and drink and just enjoy without having to worry about too many of the after effects is always nice mm-hmm. yeah for sure bianca what do you think of it i don't have that one here <laughs> so oh, dude, i forgot uh, we left you out we left you out on this one. yes so nick just and i say have... something nice about it <laughs> it's wonderful the can, the can is beautiful that's a love the can. yes I love the can art. Do you like the can though? Isn't it awesome how, how just simple it is? Yeah, yeah. I love yeah. a simple can. And, and there's another can that you guys have that I'm going to get to a little bit later, but I'll let Bianca taste one of the beers she has here first. <laughs> that. Well, I can just, I can go into the, we have this Irish, um, Irish red ale here. So I am not so familiar with this style. Um, so before we taste it, can you tell us a little bit about what makes it different than other ales? No, Dylan, you want to take this or do you want me? Go for it. No, you're supposed to take it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I'm on my spell check still. I know. I don't even know if I should uh, keep cracking these open. This honestly is one of my favorite beers too. Um, it definitely is on the maltier side. I mean, this is a specific style of beer. We have to say it's an Irish style red ale. Irish style because it can't actually be Irish because it's not from Ireland. A lot of TTB stuff in case you can read it's a product of the USA just so we don't uh, confuse our audience. Um, so you are tripping me up here because I don't know exactly all of the different notes that make it an Irish style. But for me, this one is more malt forward. It's definitely gonna have that deeper amber color but it has a nice like bitterness on the end. So it's well balanced to me but it's just, it really hits home when you just want something like like flavorful slightly malty and not like super aggressive like just i don't know when this comes out we we yeah we look forward to it yeah 
Yeah. And it's just, I love it. And some people just like, they always want hops. And I'm like, this isn't overly malty to me, but it's definitely not like that, you know, I don't know. It's just, there's just something about it that I just really like. And it's drier, like a nice malt, but drier. It's just, it's really. You just have to try. It. I don't know. And That's... then it's like Irish. So for St. Patrick's Day, you get right. all in the mood. And then I draw something that looks like this. And I never understood why I did that. And they I'm go like, who drinks beer like this? <laughs> I always laugh That's... at his like position. I'm like, what was yeah, that? Yeah, wouldn't he be spilling that beer? I think. <laughs> doesn't really make much sense. But yeah. That's how much like, you've already uh, had to drink, right? what i drew this i have absolutely no idea definitely some good mall flavors but still light crushable uh you know you know you know good weather's coming around so it does have a really interesting finish i will say that it's it's definitely not as it's interesting i don't know how to describe it it's completely different than the Mm -hmm. the first one from the bee hoppy in its own way It, it has a very interesting flavor but i think i almost feel like it's a lot lighter on the palate but the way when you finish it like I it's much it feels lighter to me in the actual like texture of it I guess it's kind of the textural thing it doesn't have that aggressive hot bitterness but it almost has a slight aggressive malt you know bitterness to it you get some roastiness to it but it's also light you know so it has a nice body like I think this is just a really nice even kill beer and there's just something about when St. Patrick's Day rolls around and you see the green that just gets you all festive and warm and fuzzy inside. And, this and to go to go along with that, I like that's the style that I always look for if I'm going to a pub or something, specifically like an Irish pub, and I'm gonna get some poutine or some shepherd's pie or something like really hearty. And I'm just gonna be sitting there for a while and have a couple and drink them with my meal. Something that's not going to overpower. Like if you get something that's crazy hoppy or something, um, it's going to throw off the taste, but that's just the perfect thing to have alongside a nice, good dinner. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It, come, it comes and goes quick, so you got to get it when you can. It has a nice dark, darker, like, red hue. Yeah, Definitely a good coating for uh, any sort of St. Patrick's Day celebrations you might uh, kick off afterwards. Yeah, it, it works at 11 a.m. or 11, 11 p.m. Yep. And all the time in between, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh to get so i teased this one a little bit earlier when talking about cans so the next one that i'm cracking open here is the rocket american pale ale so Mm -hmm. this one i thought was a super cool can when i first picked it up because of the texture um for anyone that's listening and viewing you're not going to be able to pick this up but it has almost like a uh, sand sandy sort of paper texture it's you know got a nice feel to it um and then the letters and the rocket and everything on it are a little bit smoother but it's just a uh it's a very cool can overall oh thanks to katrina well thanks for noticing nick (laughs) yeah Yeah, nick you're really you're really hitting the soft spot right now this is always been my favorite beer um i redesigned it uh, we did some cool effects with it, definitely, like uh, certain uh, things that show through through the metallic. So the can shows through to the can. So some of the stars that kind of sparkle when you turn it. And then the rest of the dark night, you know, uh, has a white backing. So it's just it's deep and dark and doesn't sparkle like the rest of it. And I thought it was a really cool effect. Um, we recently discontinued this beer because although it's our brewer's favorite beer and it it didn't do as well out there in the world and it breaks my heart <laughs> but it's won a multitude of awards 
Actually, I think Dylan made a list of that for me a long time ago of all the awards that Rocket. I did. Won. Please reference it. Please. <laughs> all of Dylan's hard work of all of the oh, awards. That, just you know, sitting in some folder somewhere. I have it. I can pull it up. Uh, so that was one of the things. It's like everyone was so into IPAs and aggressive IPAs that you know the pale ale wasn't as uh, you know coveted. So. Uh, I mean, we just brewed a small batch of it right now to kind of celebrate the opening of our new tap room. And because it was, uh, what was it, wine enthusiasts that rated it one of the best pale ales. So we're like, Let's celebrate, brew a small batch, can some up. Get a personal stash for yourself. Just <laughs> oh, a couple, yeah. couple cases <laughs> thrown down there. Um, like Nick had all my favorite beers. <laughs> Spelljack, Rocket, Be Hoppy. This is the type of beer that if I taste it, I would say, wow, Alex, you need to try this. This is one that you're definitely like, it's super smooth. And she'll probably still hate it because she's, uh, <laughs> she just doesn't like beer. But when I drink this, this is when you talk about a crushable, drinkable uh, pale ale, this is perfect. It's not hot forward at all. You can certainly taste, you know, some of those sweeter, I guess, more, I want to say citrusy uh, notes in it compared to you know like the pills that we just tasted or something that's super hoppy um but yeah just really really drinkable low abv was at five percent so yeah so it's dry hop with mosaic and it's a very rye based pale ale that's it so just you like hit the nail on the head yeah. so that's one thing yeah. that i've been trying to get more into learning the different hops and stuff but every time i see mosaic on a label uh it's always one of my favorite beers yeah wow. it's an easy one to notice and call out mm-hmm but yeah, it's a, being from Auburn, Mass, it was, it was always had a special place in my heart representing Robert Goddard's first liquid propelled rocket. There you go. So. Yeah, so a lot of the things on our cans will definitely be tied back to the Worcester scene too. So I don't know if this is a good thing, but the first smiley face was originated in Worcester by Harvey Ball in 1963. So we pay homage to him on our bee hoppy. The first liquid fuel rocket. Oops, that's <laughs> by Dr. Robert Goddard in the Worcester Mass area. So yeah, we always try to pay homage to our hometown when we can. Yeah, we use uh, local grains from Valley Malt as well in Hadley Mass. Um, I want to do a teaser, but part of the Commonwealth. <laughs> I love the name. It's perfect. Yeah. But just so, like small check, Rocket is very approachable for uh, any beer drinker. That's the best part. For sure. The sour. Is, so the strawberry, the tart of the Commonwealth that we have. Um, do you do a lot of very fruity beers or do you do them kind of on a rotational basis? So honestly, we haven't, we hadn't done a lot of sours, you know, when I first was at Wormtown, it was only recently that we felt comfortable to start trying them. Um, there's a lot of different techniques that I'm not even going to try to explain because I'm not a brewer for specific reasons, but I know like, you know, certain yeast strains and stuff can infect different batches if you're not careful. And, you know, we didn't want to risk a lot of things. Kettle souring is a lot easier. And, you know, on top of that, we had a very large brew house and now that we have our tap room down in patriot place we have a seven barrel that we know that we can experiment with a lot more and really get those creative juices going so we have been playing with a little bit more sour beers and that's been awesome and i mean i love sour beers so 
this is, uh, I don't know, how many sour beers have we done at this point? This might have been even like only like our third or fourth. Yeah, I was going to say three. Yeah, third or so. So Tart of the Commonwealth came from a good employee of ours, Evan, that uh, was thinking about it one day. He's a little craft beer nerd himself because uh, Worcester's known as the heart of the Commonwealth. And I was like, oh my God, we got to get that name before someone steals <laughs> it. Because something we can talk about is how there are legit almost no beer names left that haven't been used <laughs> and I how believe that. <laughs> name a beer anything anymore is exhausting because you're like i got it and then you'll we actually joke that we need to name a beer you got to cross reference untapped because you'll go to untap look it up and realize there's eight other breweries that already have it and you're like <laughs> but someone had no one had tired of the commonwealth so we were really happy and this was the first installment. We actually have the Blackberry out right now, too. Yeah, you yeah, can come there's... up with a good name, but you got to check Untapped first to make sure it has <laughs> yeah. I know Nick's always checking Untapped when he's ordering beers. I know we've, we've kind of talked about that before, and uh, you've got a bunch on there, but I love the names. I think, especially for those of us from Mass, you know, it's just a spirit here. People love that. It's, mm. you know, everything mm. local is is great. We all like it. Yeah. Um, so that was a fun, I think the name's perfect. So whoever, kudos to whoever picked it out because I think that that worked out really well. <laughs> it has a, it has a really interesting flavor. It's good. I love sour. So does, um, so does Nick. We, we try a lot of sour beers and I think, um, I haven't had a strawberry. So this is the first that I've had that has that strawberry flavor uh, more prominently. Uh, so it is really interesting. It's, it's not like overpoweringly sour. It has a, a good, I think it's, I think it would be good for someone, especially like if, you know, maybe they don't know if they like sour beers, if they don't want anything that's like crazy tart. Um, it has like the perfect amount of sour, I think for, you know, it's like that in between. It's not, it's not too mild, but it's also not crazy sour. So it's, it's a very nice in between. One thing I, uh, I think I remember you saying, I don't have this can in front of me. Bianca has this in the sample, but did you say this is a kettle sour? Uh, yeah. Yeah. So can you tell us a little bit about what that means compared to some other sours? Because I know there is, just like with a lot of the other styles, there is a lot of variety in how they're made. And uh, we have a, a brewery up here that specializes. We've had them on the podcast before. Yes, Brewing. They specialize in sours. They have all, a whole different variety of them. But can you tell us a little bit about like what a kettle sour is exactly and how it's different than some of the others? The easy answer is that they are sour in the kettle. Uh, I know that a lot of the stuff has to do with yeast, and you're asking the wrong people, to yeah. be honest with you. Yeah, uh, yeah that's <laughs> fine. <laughs> you're not the brewery. It's all good. We're focused on drinking tonight. That's fine. Uh, I, I definitely know it's like lactodose and it's like all different stuff that's done within there, but it's not, we definitely don't have to worry about like a certain uh, yeast and or bacteria that, you know, could infect, it's the bacteria yeah, that, you know, could create a lot of those sour profiles that can infect a lot of our other beers if things aren't properly clean. So that was the type of stuff we wanted to keep far away, but it's stuff that um, I believe it's all done in the mash, but I don't even want to talk yeah. about it. No, you're, no, you're right. Yeah, we're, 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 we're right enough. Let's be a little more confident, <laughs> Katrina. So so I legit yeah, started this industry thinking I wanted to be a brewer and then realized, <laughs> no, 
<laughs> very, very complicated. <laughs> I, like, I do not enjoy cooking at home. I do not enjoy baking. I don't want to fine tune these little ingredients and figure this stuff out. I was like, this is not for me. So when you ask me these fine sciencey questions, I'm like, yeah. yeah. And I was more wondering on more of a flavor profile perspective anyway, uh, less about how it's made and how it, the taste differs. Um, cause I, whenever I see a kettle sour, it tends to be way fruitier and the cans and the labels and everything, they seem to be way fruitier than other, like we're talking things that are, you know, like cherry pies and whatnot, you know, it's always something very, very fruity and very sweet. And I know I've had some before that are like that. And that's what you get when you drink them. It, it tastes like fruit. It's, it's almost like a juice that you're drinking. Yeah, so this one's definitely a kettle sour, but then we also did our table talk blueberry, and that was with a certain yeast that I'm forgetting the name. Actually, it's a good thing I'm forgetting the name because I was told we're not allowed to say the name due to the company, and I forget why. But mm. that was soured through the yeast, but it was just as sour as I recall, like a kettle sour being. So it was a unique flavor for me. And a lot of the yeast, like lactobacillus and all this other stuff that um can create these flavor profiles definitely do create like um could be like weird estery like flavor things that are all different versus just like a straight on sour but again I'm no expert in all this stuff and I should be because I used to study it and I think if you don't use it you lose it <laughs> we're a little rusty I guess yeah yeah it's like I was always obsessed with beer and I studied every aspect of it like studying for my Cicerone and all this stuff and then you just you became a master of your own domain so it's like marketing all day every day so some of these techniques and all this stuff yeah, if you want to talk trucks Nick I got you on that <laughs> <laughs> no but I mean, pretty much yeah. like you can't contaminate contaminate your whole uh brewing system so like Katrina said yeah well if there's one thing you both are it's immersed in the brewery scene all the time so what are some of your favorite parts about working in the space? I know you're in totally different, um, you know, positions. So just being in that environment and working with breweries and obviously loving beer, what are some of your favorite parts about just working for Warm Town? Oh, you go. Oh, me. <laughs> no, I mean, just the industry in general, right? We're all just so friendly. We all work together. A lot of us have a lot of like minds uh, and any, any brewery that you visit, they're very, you know, uh, friendly. Uh, it's just, it's a whole hospitality nature uh, throughout the whole industry. Uh, it's gotta be my favorite part. And, uh, and I mean, you have fun, right? We're making beer. You can't take it too seriously at the end of the day. Uh, we all are, we're all getting this job done. And I mean, that's just, I mean, just the lifestyle in general, uh, the people you meet, and uh, the fun you have, for sure. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think for myself, I mean, I was really just intrigued by uh, just so many different choices when I turned 21. And I just, you know, I fell into, you know, trying to learn how to brew. And even with just home brewing and volunteering at breweries, and I met so many amazing people and so many passionate people. And, you know, then developing to all these different breweries and events and you know you meet the owners and you meet all these I like love the, com the camaraderie and just you know I don't know it's just something you can really get behind because the passion behind like what goes into these beers and how much 
you know, expertise is, it's so respectful and it's so awesome. And then, you know, there's, it's just a business that has gained so much respect because you always knew how much like wine, you know, people put into it and, you know, sommeliers and now where people are developing to be Cicerones and, you know, beers finally getting, you know, more respect. I mean, you know, then you can curve it to people are being ridiculous with it and putting cereal or sour candies and, you know, almost ruining its good name, but it's, it's all of it. It's, you know, I always think Wormtown's a great family. Like I'm sure Dylan and I want to like smash our heads against the wall sometimes, but then, you know, the family that we have and develop and can trust and just have a beer in our lounge with afterwards is yeah. Awesome. Yeah. It's a lot of hard work. And, uh, but there's those moments that you really just kind of take a step back and you realize, uh, how much good you're doing. And I think it's just like when you're at a bar, right. And there's some guy across the bar and he orders a be hoppy. It's just like, nice. You know, it's just like, awesome. That's just so cool and to have that connection with all these people that you don't even know. Um, but to know that they're out there enjoying your product, uh, in your neighborhood and in your state and in, your, in New England, it's, it's really nice. Yeah. And work's always going to be work, but when you can step back and look at it and realize you have, you've built that camaraderie with the people that you work with. And it's just a fun industry. Every time we've gone to a brewery every time I've gone to a bar or anything everyone's always nothing but friendly I especially when it comes to the beer um you don't get the same sort of sorry for any wine people that we've interviewed before but there's definitely (laughs) a snobbery (laughs) associated with the industry um when it comes to the marketing all of it and uh, I just find that the beer scene is just it's so friendly it's yeah. just a very easy to talk to anyone in it. Everyone seems really transparent. You see collaborations everywhere between multiple breweries, people share and stuff. Um, we've seen a lot of that with the distilleries and stuff too around. So it's just, uh, it's cool. And it's always cool to see when uh, people are doing creative things with something that, you know, when you can mix it up and take something that most people would recognize in a certain way and do something a little bit different with it, play around with it. And it's successful. It's just, it's a lot of fun. It's good. I like to uh, always try new beers and everything when I see them and like to go to different tap rooms so I can get flights and uh, really try a whole spectrum of what people do. But it's just a really cool industry to be a part of. And we're on the outside. So we just get to talk to you guys, but it's a lot of fun getting to talk to you and hear all the different perspective. Everyone has a different background. Uh, like you say, you, uh, you're in marketing, but you got into the home brewing, you got into it learning, you know, about the beer. And it's just uh, being able to dive into it and learn a lot is a lot of fun. I think it's important to know what everyone's doing too. I always say like, don't be too good to clean the keg or, you know, lift a bag of grain or do all that stuff. And even when I started with Wormtown, uh, the managing partner, David Fields made me work with every department, which I think is really great. You know, you get to see what everyone goes through. Like my first day was um, pulling bottles off the line, you know, getting to meet some of my new coworkers. And then the next day I was working with, uh, you know, Dylan and Keith pulling kegs off of uh, an old, weird snake kegging system we had now we have a nice glorified kegger from italy you know how things have changed and just really understanding what everyone goes through and that you know there's just so many different parts to making sure that you know things get out there and things are successful and even people know about us yeah watching the growth for sure yeah it's been crazy and then the community outreach too it's just like you there's it's right in your face. You know, we really, if we're giving back to the community, you get to experience it. It's not just a side thing. It it really is uh, something that we're a part of. So. 
Speaking of growth, you have several locations now. So can you tell us a bit about where you are, what your footprint looks like at the moment, and if there's anything exciting we can expect in the near future, if it's something you can disclose. I know lots of stuff like that's under wraps, but. Uh, yeah, so I mean, we did just have the one tap room in Worcester on Shrewsbury Street. Uh, what was it? 2000, October of 2019, we opened up a new tap room in Patriot Place. So that was a really great opportunity that came our way that um, I don't even know. It definitely got sidelined by COVID, I would say that, because, you know, when we first opened, it was crazy. You know, there was people like smushed together, lines out the bathrooms, like we couldn't even like fit enough people in there. And now it seems like it's almost traumatic to even think about that, you know, and a lot of the foot traffic is definitely driven by the games and they weren't allowed to have anyone attending those games. So we've definitely spun it around as a great, you know, experimental brew house. And, you know, we're starting to see the traffic pick up, which is really awesome. We built a space that we thought would be really cool with, you know, fine leather furniture and a fireplace and something that people can relax in. And, you know, for our Worcester location, we, so when we came from Park Ave and we built Shrewsbury we're like oh, our tap room's huge people are gonna get a growler hang out for a minute then leave and then when this whole craft beer exploded we're like wow our tap room's small so that's why it's really awesome that we got the opportunity to take over the space that we have now because we can really you know entertain our customers and have them sit back and enjoy but we do actually plan on opening our original tap room on Shrewsbury street just for the patio because people still want to sit outside maybe because of fear and want to just be outside for COVID, but it's also a whole new scene there too. So we'll have a little beer garden in our original location, have our brew stillery at Patriot Place. And I say brew stillery because there is talk about possible distilleries and that might come soon. <laughs> we'll leave it at that, I guess. Get any whiskey in there, I'm all over it. So <laughs> let me know. <laughs> We'll be on the lookout. That is the plan. <laughs> so before we wrap, is there anything else you guys would like to share about um, whether it's just something fun um, from yourselves or about the brewery? Anything else you want to share before we close out? Thanks for having us. This has been great. <laughs> I hope you guys had enough beer today. Definitely had a bunch of beer definitely yep. gonna have more once we're off this call on a meeting definitely with enjoyed it, it. <laughs> we can stop recording and just hang out after that works. <laughs> uh yeah so before we head out uh can you tell us where we can find you guys online on social media well you can visit us at www.wormtownbrewery.com or at wormtown brewery for all of our social handles uh we are predominantly on facebook instagram and sporadically on twitter very sporadically uh well we were doing twitter a lot uh my a lot social coordinator he's up. like i don't aliases know about up. this platform <laughs> i keep fighting with him you know i'm trying to get us to do tiktok i mean someone was actually really sad do you think so i think so Bianca's trying to get us to do TikTok. We're on TikTok. She's, yeah, she's like, been running. I don't touch it. Please vote in the comments if you think Wormtown should do TikTok or not. I'm not going to lie. I haven't downloaded it. I was afraid. I didn't know what was going on with that app. But everyone keeps talking about how 
you know, you don't need followers. You can go viral in like a second. It's a great business platform. I'm like, I might have to check this out. So those are the main three ones right now, but definitely Instagram. (laughs) Maybe TikTok. I don't know. They said something to uh, our boss man digger and he might get all over that. (laughs) I'm looking forward to it either way. Well, we love seeing you wherever you are. Everyone uh, will put the links to follow and to the website in the show notes. Um, but I think that's that's it. I, I, we are so happy you guys came on. We appreciate it. Um, we love trying all the all the beers. And I think it's a great episode. And we can't wait to share with everyone. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for having us. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Thanks again, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Be sure to follow us on social at Uncorked Corner and on the blog at uncorkedcorner.com for a taste of more food and beverage content. And if you enjoyed the show, don't forget to leave a comment, subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you prefer. Thanks for listening.